0: One, two, three. Listen. Welcome to the DotCast from Nine Dots. Nine Dots is the online learning community for wedding photographers. For more about our online membership and our annual conference, the Nine Dots Gathering, head over to nine-dots.co. Hello, hello, and welcome back. My name is Adam Johnson, and I'm one of the co-founders of Nine Dots, along with my good mates, Andy Gaines and Rahul Kona. This is the second series of Dotcast episodes where I'm chatting to people from in and around our Nine Dots community of amazing people about their wedding photography journeys. In this episode I'm chatting to someone who I've known for many years and chances are if you've been to a Nine Dots event you've met her as she's been a big help to us on a few occasions. It's the Lancashire based wedding photographer Tony Darcy. Funny as I start off talking to Tony about how we tend to change our personalities ever so slightly based on who we're with, and after listening back to this episode I've realised I've let out the most northern version of my own accent, presumably because I'm speaking to a fellow northerner. Weird. Tony shares a lot of great stuff in this episode about first impressions, and also about how shooting her granddad's funeral and capturing the birth of her friend's baby helped her realise what she really loved about photography. We talk about pointless photos and whether you need to be able to describe your photography style in words. Any comments, suggestions or questions, ping them over on Instagram, Facebook or email to hello at 9-dots.co or if you'd like to come on the dotcast for a chat, let us know. Over to Tony. Knowing me, Adam Johnson. Knowing you, Tony Darcy. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, but
1: I've heard this before, and I don't get Alan Partridge.
0: Oh come on! All you have to do is say aha.
1: Uh-huh. Okay, should we start again?
0: No, I, I've uh-huh. decided from the start of here. I'm not starting again. I'm just seeing how people react to the. <laughs> yeah, the but Partridge.
1: People don't get it. Like Alan Partridge is such a unique sense of humour, and I just really don't get it.
0: All you had, to, I'm all I'm saying, Tony, is all you had I, to do. I was do, ready. I should have done it. It was say aha. Uh-huh. I've actually got a soundboard sound for exa- this, exactly this moment. We're not off to a very good start. Hmm. Oh no, I didn't mean it. Welcome to the dotcast. Um Thanks for uh, agreeing to talk to me.
1: I don't think I had much of a choice, Tony. You doing this? Uh, you doing the Dotcast. Oh, okay. Uh,
0: and it, I feel like you've uh, you've already brought your own podcast voice out because you have got the strongest accent that, that will ever <laughs> that will ever appear on the on the dotcast. So I was going to say we might need subtitles, but you can't really do subtitles on a podcast.
1: I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I think I don't think I have a podcast voice. I think it's the mic. I think the mic is just like this superpower that <laughs> like, just eradicates my accent <laughs> yeah,
0: no you' de- you definitely slow yourself because you you are one of the you do talk fast in in normal yeah. life. you talk really fast and you definitely slow yourself down on the on on podcasts because we'll talk about it in a bit because you've got your own podcast, but we'll bring that up later okay. and uh, but you definitely slow yourself I think it's the, all it takes is to slow yourself down and you're a bit less Where are you actually from Lancashire? I know, but which bit?
1: (laughs) In between Burnley and Clitheroe.
0: No, this is going to be fun. So I've known you, I don't know, when did we first meet?
1: Uh, We met, I think we met about nine years ago, you know. Was it? When we all used to go out in the Northwest, in like the Northwest group. I I specifically remember meeting you and I think, was it uh, the cake maker, Beth?
0: Oh yeah.
1: Beth had made buns and just remember you eating a cupcake
0: <laughs> whole i remember this we had a competition so you could eat one it all in one and they were massive weren't they yeah yeah because <laughs> i was talking to neil Redfern about this on a dotcast episode about the whole northwest drinks ups meetups thing that we used to have back in the day yeah. and, how gr- and how good it was and i remember we had this like tight core of people and then a load okay. of new people arrived and you were one of the new ones all of a sudden, because I think and Neil and Liam, hated me. Neil and Liam had done a workshop, I think, with, and a few yeah. of you had been on it, and then they, they brought you all, and I was like, uh, "What are you doing? <laughs> we, we don't have new people in this thing. What? What is going on?" Because I'm a bit, because I'm, because I am, and you know this, I'm quite, an, quite an introvert. Yeah, I wasn't happy that there was all these people I had to now make an, another first impression with.
1: Well, I no, I, like, and the first impression with me wasn't that good. To be fair, I was like quite excited to meet the Adam Johnson, and I met as you. Is. And you might as well have just been like giving me the death stare.
0: But I've, I've just thought of it, like first impressions is quite a good thing to talk about. Because I think first impressions, like do you do you meet all your couples before the wedding?
1: Yeah, Pre yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, quite often. I would meet oh. them for an inquiry meeting. But if I hadn't, I would meet them in person before the wedding. But equally, if I do like a lot of second shooting and I wouldn't meet those people. So I just kind of have to go in cold and make friends with a lot of people.
0: I think that's one big skill of a wedding photographer is having to try and make a reasonably good first impression all the time at weddings.
1: I do feel like I'm a bit of a chameleon though. Like I had an inquiry meeting yesterday and obviously, you know, I'm a bit like, Wah! and uh, an inquiry meeting and they're really softly spoken. So I was like, oh yes, that sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I do feel like I try and like turn myself into the person that I'm talking to. Yeah. If that's a good thing or a bad thing, though. I
0: don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing either. I think it's it's probably a bit of both. I mean, in some ways, I'd like to just be able to be the same person all the time, whoever I'm with. But I think for me, like, thinking back to when I had real jobs. Corporate life and all that. Like, it was definitely a, be- a benefit that I was able to behave differently with different people. Yeah. You might be the same, and you can tell me in a minute. I don't have like one standard style of wedding or standard type of client. One week I might be in tent somewhere, another week, next week I might be in like a posh hotel. So, you yeah. have to, I think yeah. you have to, you do have to like change a little bit, but I still would, I think deep down I'd like to be just the same all the time.
1: Yeah, no, I think I'm the same personality, but just tone it up and down a little bit i feel like you know if you're gonna go and just photograph green prep and you've never met anyone before you have to kind of go in and just be yourself because otherwise they're like oh there's a girl there's a girl Uh, i've only got her pants on
0: i have this thing where almost i almost like try and snap into character just before i walk into like bride prep or
1: i've got a good story about this for you i don't know if you set this up on purpose do you you know the story i'm gonna tell no (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember the name of the couple William and Hannah, yeah. And I met you, so whenever I have second shot for you in the past, I've always met you at bride prep rather than going doing the groom by myself, probably because you can't trust me. Yeah, so I met you at uh, wherever Hannah was getting ready. This is like five, six years ago, I don't even know. And I, and I remember walking into the room with you, but I don't know if you'd already been in or not. And I said to you afterwards, the way that you spoke to Hannah is like the way that I've never seen you speak to anyone before. And it was so weird. <laughs> I almost feel like I was like in the background thinking... Who is this person? Because I remember you going really close to her and you were like, it's going to be all right. It's going to be It's going to be an awesome day. I'm so excited. And I feel like you toned like, yourself down to that. But then the way that she reacted to you doing that was so nice. And I think the way that you made her feel so comfortable almost taught me that I needed to adapt to other people to make them feel more comfortable. I don't oh, know, nice. She just kind of melted a little bit and I quite liked it.
0: I thought that was going to be a mean story, but that was quite a nice story. Thanks for that. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's important. I think to go in and like always think number one. Well, I think you just react to the room, don't you? A bit like if yeah. I went in, if I'd gone in. I remember it. I remember that wedding actually. It was very very quiet.
1: Yeah, it was, and it
0: felt like everybody was dead nervous. Yeah, and I always think as as like an ex- a wedding expert, like beyond being a photographer, somebody who's done this like more more than a few times. I think you have a responsibility to bring a bit of calm. Yeah, you do. So I was, and I always have this thing as well, where because everybody walks in always and. Just actually, let's—we're let just tangent quickly because it's yeah. not that I don't trust you. It's that I'd like you to meet the bride. I, would, I hate it when, oh, when okay. I, whenever I've second shot. And the first time I meet the person, or the, or the, the other church. person is outside the church or even after the ceremony. So yeah. i bring you, I bring you in to meet so you can meet them.
1: Oh, right, um, that's nice. But, you yeah. know, that's a good thing to do, actually. Yeah. Do you ever get told like after a wedding, like, oh, Tony, like, thank you so much for being so calm on the wedding morning. But do you not ever feel like inside you're just like running around like a headless chicken, but on the outside, you're just like oozing like pure calmness? <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little bit a little bit I've never been called Tony but people have said Adam you pe- you seemed really calm in the morning of the wedding yeah no but I think it's important all day long because there's always some somebody getting nervous and always somebody yeah. getting a bit stressed Do I, it could be the dad could be the mum or anyone you know it could be bridesmaids or whoever oh that's what I was going to say I have this thing where everybody who walks into Bride Prep asks the same questions to the bride. So everyone's going to walk in, makeup artist, everybody, and go, oh, how are you feeling? Did you sleep last night? You know, all the same questions. So I always try and think of questions that no one else is going to ask or try and think of things to say that no one else is going to have said. And probably a few years ago, I started thinking, I'm just going to walk in and say really positive things, like two or three really. I'm not going to ask her how she slept. I'm not going to ask her if she's nervous. I'm going to tell her it's going to be great. I'm going to tell her, I'm going to ask if she's excited because that's like a more... I always
1: ask that, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, and it, I think it changed a lot when I started walking in and doing that kind of thing because because I think when they, when you walk in they're expecting the same questions
1: and then when you ask like are you excited it almost allows them to feel excited as well and then I don't know they kind of like come out a little bit
0: yeah and also it makes them think you're excited instead of you instead of them thinking you're part of the nervousness or part of the whatever yeah. like I want them to think that I'm really excited for the day ahead even though like you say I'm dead at that point I'm dead nervous and I'm, I'm I'm thinking of this might be the day it all falls apart. <laughs> But you can't let that. You can't let them know that, can you?
1: Yeah. Do you want to yeah. say what else you did that day that was really weird?
0: I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> it was a stressful day, though, wasn't it? Just to, let's just. I feel like I need to give some backstory to this. I told you no in jokes, so that, that means that every time you're going to bring up an in joke, I have to give the whole backstory. But this was, is a
1: brilliant backstory. It's,
0: it, well, it's, the, it was a it was a brilliant day, but it was quite stressful in a lot of ways because it was a it was a church, and then it was a reception. But there was. Do you remember there was uh, aerial champagne waitresses Artists, at this? At, yeah. yeah. And this was like super important to the couple. So I knew I wanted to do a really good job of capturing these, these waitresses that was dangling from the ceiling serving champagne. So I'd, I'd rushed off to the, from the church to get to the venue to set up flashes and try and get hold of the room before the guests all arrived. And they dressed up this venue as like a medieval, they'd given it like a medieval twist, hadn't they? It, 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 I'll well, get there. It, I'll, I'm getting there. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> I'd give it a medieval twist and also it was in like a public gardens thing so I was yeah. thinking I had like one eye on the fact that I was going to have to take them out in, in amongst the public to try and get portraits but not until they'd had this champagne reception and it was quite early in the year wasn't it it was going to get dark fairly early yeah I remember, I,
1: I remember you, you only had a really really short amount of time to do portraits as well
0: yeah and groups and anyway so I remember coming back in I think it was when I came back in from portraits and I'd <laughs> left you I think with the you didn't come out for portraits did you
1: no I think it was it was that tight that we had to just split yeah. and add- I don't, know, I don't know what I was doing. I think I think you gave me the room that you'd already done.
0: Yeah, I think I had. And it was all difficult lighting, wasn't it? It was like yeah. theatre-style lighting everywhere and red, really red. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I came back in and I'd done group shots and, it, and I'd done portraits and it had kind of gone dark really quick and I hadn't had as much, much time as I might have wanted. And I came back in and I asked you, have you taken a picture of that wall? <laughs>
1: So this is, this is like a wall that's basically something that you will find on stage in a theatre, like a painted wall, like there's no texture to it whatsoever. It's just a castle painted on a wall and you wanted to take a picture of it.
0: But oh, it's just I, because... <laughs> I mean, in just my
1: a... head though, you were thinking, You what you actually said to me was, there must be something cool I can do with this wall. And I was just like... Did I? You absolute madhead. Well, oh yeah? No.
0: But I remember saying to you, have you have you taken... Because I, I just remember coming in thinking, stress, stress, stress. And, you'd, and I'd left you and said, can you shoot some details? And I, and I remember looking around going, what details might she not have taken a picture of? Have you taken a picture of the wall? And obviously since then, we're talking five years, six years, and probably you've not let me forget that I asked you if you're taking a picture of a wall.
1: No, no. You said there must be something cool we can do with this wall. Oh, really?
0: That's it, that's better then. That means I was actually thinking, I'd, I thought I'd said, have you taken a picture of the wall? No. Oh. To be
1: fair, we've laughed about it quite a bit since.
0: It was good though. It was a, it was a great wedding though, I think. Great wedding. And one of my favourite pictures of all time was one of the champagne waitresses pouring some champagne but I always this is this is potentially quite a good thing to talk about actually so that's that picture's done well for me like on a personal level it's just a it's just like a champagne waitress dangling down hand pouring some champagne into a glass and you can't really see an
1: awful description of the picture
0: I can't think of how else to describe it so like
1: these gymnasts are dangling from the ceiling hanging in a hoop upside down pouring champagne out of bottles to people that are just beneath them yeah and did you take it from the floor. No, up. the
0: one that, the one I'm talking about was just taken straight on. But the point right. I'm making is the, the bride and groom are in the picture, but the, but it's it's shot f two, so they're so blurred. They're in the foreground, so blurred you can't really tell it's them. My mum is even in the picture. She's the one on the right, so blurred you can't even tell it's her. The person <laughs> the person who's having his champagne poured to him. By the way, fr- thanks for clarifying that champagne was poured from a bottle because I don't know where else <laughs> it'd be poured from. But the guy who's having his champagne poured, you can't see his face. All you can see is his hand. So you can see the waitress, a hand with a glass in it, and everybody else is blurry. And for me, that's won me probably seven or eight different awards from different places over the years. But I would call it totally pointless. Like it's the most pointless photo. One of the most pointless photos I've ever taken because it's nothing more really than a detail shot. It's literally
1: just a waitress.
0: Yeah, who is that picture going to be useful to ever? No,
1: no, no one. No that's one. A good point, actually.
0: Yeah, no one's ever going to frame it. No one's ever going to. I can't remember if they had an album, but if they had an album, I'd be surprised if they put it in it because it's just it's, there's just not there's nothing of of any value to the to the couple in that photo other than they had a you know quite a cool reception drinks reception with with aerial waitresses. So that's. I mean, that I'm, is
1: pretty cool. To be fair,
0: it is cool. But do you see what I'm see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that, I that's agree
1: been, with you. That's been. <laughs>
0: Thanks. I just think that's an interesting, interesting point though, because that's won a lot of awards from like wedding photography awards without being a valuable photo for couples.
1: Are you proud of that photo?
0: I'm I'm dead proud of it. Yeah. I think yeah. I put loads into the photo. So as a, I'm not saying it's put, it's a totally pointless in every possible way, because I think that I've just, just taking that photo has got me bookings over the years. Yeah. What's my point? My point is that I think wedding awards should be more about is that a great image for the wedding for that wedding that couple
1: oh it's a touchy subject award isn't it
0: i know is yeah it? we're not going to diss d- i don't want to diss i'm not really dissing awards i don't think because it uh, for me so i let's say for instance if if wedding photography awards were judged by brides i don't think that photo would have won nah. but because the wedding photography awards are judged by photographers mm-hmm. it, it's the photography that wins it's the photography yeah. that's winning it's not the fact you did you know particularly incredible job for that couple
1: thing is you did light it like exceptionally well as well you must have had like three flashes on the go at the time
0: uh, yeah i remember there were three or four maybe but yeah exactly but i don't know i don't know what the point i'm making but i thought i just thought it's an interesting side note that that <laughs> p- photo which has done so well for me personally is pointless
1: well it's not pointless if you put loads of weddings from it then it's not a pointless photograph is it
0: true and that's and that's important like i've I have, I've, I've had this conversation many times with andy and rahul and we and we agree and we disagree and, and i was i was chatting to neil about it even the other day neil Redfern, when we had a chat on the podcast you have to still take the pictures that get you booked yeah like i think a lot of people and you you said we were going to go off at a thousand tangents at once and we are doing but i think a lot of people over yeah. the years as they get more comfortable in wedding photography and start to listen to like the the mantra of the industry, which is like moments matter the most. It's all about moments. It's all uh, and stop doing maybe the stuff that was to get attention in the early days that got mm. them the work and it, and they start just just taking really nice natural moments and then wonder why they're not getting as 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 booked as they might have been in the early days. It's because they stopped taking pictures that were for them and for their portfolio. And even though maybe they aren't going to stand the long term test of time, we're going to get them bookings and get them work. And you still got to take the pictures to get your bookings.
1: Yeah, you've almost got to photograph weddings in two ways, haven't you? One as a photographer and one for the couple. Yeah. And I think it took me like seven years to figure that out.
0: Well, it's because you're always fed with, I mean, we're going to talk, this is what we were, this is what we're going to get to, <laughs> isn't it? But you're. it's because you're almost fed many different lines at once. And it depends who you listen to as to how you, because there, there was a lot, I remember uh, like 2013 14, 15. That was like when everyone was saying, you know, you have to photograph for yourself. You have to photograph for yourself, and the, and the picture I took that of the waitress, I'd still take it today. Don't get me wrong, I would still take that picture, and I'd still be very proud of it. But I took it. I took it. I was to make impressive photos for me at that moment, and I was going to generally capture in a in a series of pictures. I was going to generally capture that they had a very very cool drinks reception, and then obviously there's the whole you got to take pictures just for the clients, just for the clients, just for the clients. But yeah, let's, let's talk about what you're trying to bring up then because it, it's kind of talking about style, isn't it? I
1: was just going to ask you a quick question before you do. If you did take that photograph again, would you like to have the bride and groom a bit more prominent in it? And then do you think that would make it a photograph for the couple?
0: I think I'd shoot exactly the same because I've always my big massive thing has always been that I trust my inst- I trust my own instincts when I'm taking photos so I think I'll shoot I'd shoot it exactly the same so yeah so style is one thing we've kind of agreed that we were gonna end up talking about on here and that's that's partly because when you came to the first nine dots workshop I think you were kind of a fine art style
1: yeah I mean what year was that
0: I think it was 20 it was it was either 15 or 16.
1: Oh, no, 15 was like the year that like, I actually sorted myself out.
0: Well, we did, our, we, we did our first Nine Dots workshops in 2015. Did you come on the first year, the second one on the first year? Not,
1: yeah, yeah, the first year. So, yeah, I would have been a fine art photographer then, trying yeah. to photograph like Jose Villa in the uk with no sunshine <laughs> 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 oh, like an absolute absolute matter i don't even know what came over me but the thing is i was actually looking back earlier six months before i'm um, this ridiculous everything at 1.2 fine art photographer everything shot on the 50 mil i was the most alternative wedding photographer that i think was around at the time <laughs> where i had like brides and greens with like Cones on the like traffic cones on the head. Group shots in front of biffer bins.
0: What are you doing this at, like as as fine art?
1: No, no, this was like before the fine art stage. Oh. So I've, I've done a massive oh, yeah, U-turn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> why though? Why? Why do you think that is? Just why? Just as you were listening, you were following the trends a bit.
1: I don't know. I think when I first started in wedding photography, I, I ended up second shooting like when I first got into it by absolute flute and I was photographing with a studio photographer, and she photographed everything on an angle. And I was like, "That's what I've got to do. Everything's got to be on an angle." And like, it was like pop color central. So my like first tilt, year of wed- you mean yeah, like, like everything, everything on the had tilt. to be on yeah, an yeah. angle. You couldn't have a straight <laughs> photograph. And now I can't tell you how obsessed I am with like geometric lines being straight. And yeah, first year of weddings was pop color and everything on an angle. And then the second year, I was like, "No, no, I need to like find my own style a bit more." And I think maybe it just so happened that I the second year, I had loads of cool couples like city center weddings. Quite alternative, like nose piercings, tattoos, all that sort of thing. And I clearly just adapted my style to them. And I was like, "Oh yeah, this would be cool, guys! Just put a traffic cone on your head." And I was just, and I was so proud of that photo. And then they wanted a group photo at night time with like all the Greensmen and the mates. I'm like, "Yeah, this will be cool. We'll just go by the biffa bins." And now looking back, I'm like, "Why?" actually why but the thing is I know they'll love the, the photographs because they're very suited to them yeah and I think I must have just gone through phases of adapting my style to the couple rather than just finding my own style and then naturally like started doing a bit more research looking on Pinterest so like the next year like 2013's like the year of the Pinterest board so I had like loads of weddings where I'd practically I don't want to say stolen because every picture stolen but found all my ideas for portraits on Pinterest and then I was like no this isn't working and then I and then I started enjoying fine art photography and then <laughs> I remember I, I came to the nine dots workshop and I think Dom and Liam Shaw sure, no it's Dom, they, they, Dom and Matt
0: Dom and, Dom and husband Matt and I
1: probably fell in love with like their style of photography I thought these guys they know what they're doing they know what they want and it was actually Lucy Greenhill that was chatting to them. And Lucy's like, yeah, I've got my style. And then uh, Dom said to her, what's you why? And Lucy was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, oh, I don't know either. Like, I need to figure this out. This seems like a pretty important thing that I need to figure out. And I remember Dom saying to Lucy, go and shoot what you want to shoot. And then I think it was only like 2015. So i had been doing it like a solid five years before I actually realised that i've photographed every single style of photography going and i actually need now to find out what i want so yeah 2015 i started investing in myself a little bit more i think and
0: uh, well i think it's funny on the on the one hand that you came to our workshop and you got more inspired by the people you were modeling <laughs> thanks for letting us know that Thing um, is, I
1: came to the Nine Dots workshop only knowing you or like your style. Yeah. But I actually found like all different aspects of it really, really useful. Like I didn't know the other boys at
0: all. I just remember you weren't happy with your work. Like you, 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 you yeah. liked you liked it, and you didn't think you were taking bad pictures or anything else. But it wasn't making you. And this is quite an important point, really. It wasn't it wasn't fulfilling you on a, no. a like an artistic level at all. You had happy clients, and you you were you knew you were yeah. taking nice enough pictures, but. Yeah. There was no fulfillment for you as a photographer from the style that you were shooting pictures in.
1: I think it just didn't reflect me as a person either. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty clumsy, pretty Northern, bit of a tomboy, I like sports. And there I am shooting fine art photography. just they didn't make sense at all
0: so it would have been soon after that that you you, you pretty much switched from 50 to 35 overnight and they, and that was like an instant straight away you were like oh i prefer this yeah not that i don't i always say like a lens can't this can't define your style but i think sometimes you have to find your focal length that makes a lot of sense to your own brain
1: yeah i i love like love the 50 like even now i love the 50 but the thirty. I mean, I got to the point where I was just touching people with my lens, and I was like, "Yeah, you need to step back a bit." I mean, that wouldn't be allowed at the minute, would it? But yeah, no, I loved the thirty-five. I just felt like I'd get in on the action. There was no. <laughs> I used to get told off for cropping in camera. I would I would literally get as close as I wanted the crop to be, rather than just taking a step back and not poking people with the lenses. So <laughs> no, yeah, definitely 2015 changed a lot. Definitely,
0: I mean, it's it's I think it's really difficult not to not to, everyone's always like don't don't pay any attention to the trends of wedding photography. Just like crack on and do your thing but i think it's inversely impossible not to pay any attention if you if you're like an if you're actively taking part in the industry in communities like nine dots for instance or or fearless or whatever else it's difficult to for for that to not go in you know to your brain so you the the trends will be in there and they'll come out i think sometimes whether you like it or not unless you're consuming no wedding photography whatsoever so it's difficult not to but do you think nowadays do you feel like you've found your st- I know I wound you up earlier saying <laughs> I don't think you found your style yet, but that was just to wind you up. But I think, do you, do, you, do you feel like you've found your style these days as a photographer?
1: Yeah, I think a few things happened a couple of years ago, like 2017, 18. A couple of things happened that definitely made me think differently about the way that I shoot weddings. And maybe like typical me, I've gone all in that way and I've not really thought about, as I said before, photographing for you and photographing for your couples. Um, So in 2017, I ended up photographing uh, my granddad's funeral. It sounds, I mean, they're not going to listen to it, so it doesn't really matter, but my family's like totally divided in two. And it was like me, my mum and my brother and the other side of the family. And I didn't ask anyone if I could photograph it. I photographed it for my mum because I knew that she'd really want it. And it was because we got like a Harley Davidson hearse and my mum was on the back of the motorcycle and I just and they, they were driving around Blackpool where my granddad used to live. And I just thought, you know, you've got to have like balls, basically, to photograph a funeral of your own family without the rest of your family knowing. And it really taught me that if you want to do something, just go and do it like don't care what other people think and I am so glad that I did that now and then a couple of months after that happened uh, I ended up photographing the birth of my best friend's baby at home like a home birth and obviously there's no talking going on and it's super super emotional and I think for me, not getting involved in any way whatsoever and literally just documenting pure emotion really made me look at weddings differently. Like I photographed the birth and then literally like five hours later, I'm photographing a wedding, like high on life. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went into like 2018 thinking I'm photographing for the people. But I don't know if in doing that, I've almost forgot to photograph for me as well. I yeah. don't
0: know. I mean, one, what you're really saying is you've really just, You've really realised that you've just got a com- like you're just compelled to capture things that you want yeah. to be re- you want to be remembered either by you or like the funeral obviously was for your mum mainly and the birth is that's for your mate because you're just compelled yeah. to capture these things because you feel like it needs to be captured to be remembered. But do you think you found like vis- like the way you take pictures and the way you edit pictures and the way that you do you feel like you know what a Tony Darcy picture looks like these days?
1: Yeah, I feel like my like good friends in the photography industry will be like. I know that's your picture. (laughs) It sounds a bit weird saying that's a Tony picture, but I feel like a lot of it is a Tony picture, but I don't know what a Tony picture is. Like I like photographing clean things. So if there's like loads of stuff out in bridal prep, I'll make sure I shoot it so it looks like it's this immaculate room with like loads of space and stuff. And I actually quite enjoy the challenge of doing that. I just, I like it to be clean. I think I'm very driven by directional light, so I won't always go for the easy option. I think I just like a challenge. I think I like the challenge of trying to create a technically good picture because side light is is harder. Like directional light is harder to photograph in.
0: It's funny. Did you? I don't know if you listened to the episode we did with Heather Jowett, yeah. where when she was talking about basically you don't need to know what your style is. You just need no. to trust that you, that your muscle memory is there, your instincts are there. That when you raise a picture, raise a camera, and frame a picture. It's going to be your style. Yeah. So there's, I think, and I, I loved it when she said that, because I think there's been a lot of pressure on photographers, especially wedding photographers, but mainly I don't really know a lot about any other photography industries, but pressure that we have to define our style and we have to know, almost have like an elevator pitch and it's ready so that when somebody goes, right, tell me what's your style of photography, that we've got like a 30 second pitch. But I, yeah. I think like knowing little things like you're talking about, like knowing you like things to be clean and um, and whatever is important. But as well, I loved it when Heather said, Like She she doesn't feel any pressure to say what her style is. I think she talked about symmetry and things like that when we talked, but but she trusts that when she raises her camera or sees something and something inside of her says, right, take a picture of that, that picture's going to come out in the Heather Jowett style.
1: Yeah. Well, do you not ever find that when you do raise your camera, you'll automatically, your feet are automatically taking the steps to know that you're in the right position? Yeah. Have we ever had the conversation where you should know where to stand if you're holding a 35mm and you should know where to stand when you're holding like a 50mm? I
0: always say that's the one humongous benefit of shooting prime lenses over zoom lenses. Yeah. Is that you, you will just, like, if you, I think... Because I shoot thirty 85, you're similar, I think. But you love the 50 as well. And I bet you're the same with the 50. Like, I, I don't consciously stand somewhere. But, no, but you just but I'll, in yeah, the right place. I'll be in the right position for the lens that I'm about to yeah. shoot through because I've shot primes for now for eight or nine years. And I don't know if you'd get that with a, a, the same with the zoom. Maybe you would. I don't know. I don't want to diss zooms. I never want to be the guy that like disses zooms and says primes are better. But that's been the m- massive thing for me. And I think that's become part of my style.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think I don't know how you would describe my style, to be honest.
0: No, yeah, so, but my point is, I'm not sure you need to know. As long as you, I think, as long as you've achieved a level of consistency where you feel like your work is consistent, and obviously there's little things you know about your style. You said about being clean, clean and minimal, and what, and you know, making messy places look tidy and all that kind of stuff. But do you need to be able to describe it in words? Probably not. You probably just need it that when somebody looks at your website, it feels like one photographer.
1: I feel as though that's there. It's, yeah, I hope so.
0: But also do you think like style can change and evolve over the years like do you feel like it looking ahead five years I'd be quite I'd be I wouldn't be happy to think that in five years my work's going to look exactly like it does now
1: no I don't know how like, well I suppose if you knew how you're going to progress then you wouldn't take your five years to get there would it but how many drinks have you got on the go <laughs> I know I've got
0: I, mean, I have I've, I've, because I've got three drinks in it and I don't know how I've ended up with three drinks, I'm just having a bit of each one <laughs>
1: Keep seeing you pick up a different coloured drink. Yeah, no, I'd like to think in five years' time my style would have evolved, but hopefully just more prominent than it is now because I'm quite happy with where it is now.
0: No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think I'm saying it's. if you were, if you were able to overly like describe your style, I think you might get what, stuck in it.
1: Repeating the same thing. No, but
0: you might get stuck in it. Is what I'm saying. Whereas, whereas if you're just happy that it's your style, yeah, then maybe it's me. I'm it's not the re- Tony Darcy. I'm not repeating anything. This is a highly intellectual, <laughs> de- deep discussion. All right, funerals. Obviously, you photographed a funeral. You photographed your granddad's funeral. Is that something you'd oh. ever do again?
1: Oh, good question. Do you know the funeral director actually asked me if if I would? No one knew I was doing it. I don't. I had a long coat on, but I had my big camera, and no one knew I was doing it. And I got like well in there, like as much as you can with a funeral. But I felt like I had that right to. Do you know what I mean? Because you were like, inside you're inside area, yeah. yeah, yeah. and a lot of it was sort of like pre pre thought out moments. So like if I knew something was going a bit like a wedding, if you knew, if you know something's going to happen, my settings were ready and my camera was ready, I just had to press the button. I would like to photograph a funeral, but I think it would have to be for the right sort of person, family. Yeah. Because you can imagine people getting a lot of stick for photographing a funeral.
0: Well, I think there would definitely be people there who wouldn't want you to be photographing totally it. Totally inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I've thought, it, like, if I, I don't think I could ever do it because I don't know for a lot of reasons, but if I was ever going to do it, I'd want to make sure that every single person going had been like yeah. asked for the permission to for me to do it. Because otherwise I'd constantly be thinking, oh, I don't think they want me here. I don't think they want me to be doing this. Oh, they don't They don't want me to take their picture. They don't want to yeah. be and all that kind I, of thing.
1: I think you'd have to be a very, very strong street photographer with a flippy screen and literally hip shooting to do it discreetly and well yeah. and not inappropriately. Yeah, yeah. So if I got asked to... If it was someone, if I knew the family, then I would, yeah. But if it was just a random person, I think I wouldn't because I would worry about what the people at the funeral would be thinking.
0: But even though probably deep inside, it's something you'd probably really like to do because of that, like, because you're compelled to capture life and moments for people. You just, but at the same time, you've got like a high level of empathy for everybody else who's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's almost like one is fighting the other.
1: Yeah, and I like the challenge as well. So I probably, um, yeah, I'd probably do it. So if I, I'd probably quite enjoy
0: it. <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> it's like a lot of yeah. things though, isn't it? Like it's probably, people people would love it. Like I think people would love having photos of that day. And But it's just because it's such an unusual thing and it's not like the done thing. Yeah. That is, probably, that's probably what holds us back at the minute. But I wouldn't be surprised if one day it's just normal as wedding photography.
1: Yeah, oh, I think so as well. Because at the end of the day, like people want, People, some people do see a, a funeral as a celebration of that person's life. And obviously, you've got like all oh, your humanist ceremonies now and humanist funerals. I, I think as humanist funerals become more popular, so will photographing funerals.
0: I agree. I don't think, still don't think I'd do it because I think for me, like one thing, I lo- one of the things I love about weddings is it's just positivity. Yeah, and I think I think that's good for my own mood, my own general mood because 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 of, cause of uh, I know I've got I know you're, you're smiling because <laughs> I've got this reputation of being a grump and I'm not a grump.
1: You know, but a grump. I think
0: you know I'm not a grump. You're just Everybody, a little bit
1: unsociable at times. By choice. I, I like that because you you being yourself. If you want to sit in the corner of a room and let people come to you, you'll do that.
0: Yeah, but like after a wedding, for instance, it, the next day I'm I'm just. I hardly speak up the day after a wedding because I need, it's like, I need that time to recharge. Yeah. And that's after a, that's after a day of like massive positivity. If I had the same thing, but it was really negative as well. So that would probably be playing in my mind. I think that would think really affect me.
1: When you're in a wedding though, you're investing your whole self into the day that the next day you just drained. I get emotionally invested in weddings. I absolutely love it. I don't know why. I just, I literally get emotional, probably too emotionally invested. I remember once leaving a wedding and crying because I was like, it's over.
0: <laughs> that's, I've never done that. <laughs> yeah. I'm always quite happy to leave. But I think that not in a way that it's like, oh, thank God that's over. Just in a way that I do feel so drained at the end of a wedding. Yeah. And I don't always realise it until until I'm like finishing. Like I, don't, I never feel like I'm getting more tired as the day goes on. But then it's like, it's almost like you, hit, you just fall off a cliff at the other end yeah because the adrenaline suddenly leaves you because it's, d- it's definitely like a high adrenaline job i think oh, yeah. start to oh, finish yeah.
1: i love but, it for that i think yeah proper adrenaline junkhead absolutely love it at yeah. the time i'm like buzzing on adrenaline and like even when you're like massively panicking i still love it i think you have to i think you have to work well under pressure to be a wedding photographer
0: I think that's what gives weddings the variety though. It's almost like, it's like when your friends go to you, you don't get bored of like a, going to a wedding every single week. And you're like, no, because they're all different. And yeah. nobody, nobody can really believe it. But they, but that's just what's so cool about it, I think, and what it, why it keeps you interested. Because I've never, my longest ever time ever at a single job before wedding photography was like three years. Because I would just get bored of that same thing. yeah. Whereas, I don't
1: think I could do a nine till five job anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah, I don't like the mundaneness of getting up and doing tasks. And although I do get up and like brush my teeth and things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to say! Oh, but, but thanks like, for I telling. Like the bro- <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: i like the variety of it and i'm like as you know i'm a massive people person so i love meeting new people
0: but I, but th- i mean that's maybe for another day because we're coming to an end day but i think uh I'm, i wouldn't describe myself as a people person but other people would describe me as a people person it's weird isn't it
1: no oh, because i don't think you're a people person yeah but why would you're i do weddings
0: pe- and enjoy the people side of it if i wasn't a people person
1: because you're a classic introvert that likes the stage to perform on uh, also oh, okay. where's all your buttons we need some buttons i haven't
0: really uh you can have one here we have a winner. woo You'd be you're an extrovert, right?
1: Oh, I'd like to pretend I'm an introvert because I think it sounds more fun. But yeah, classic extrovert. Although if I did, if I wasn't at a wedding and I was in a room full of new people where I had to naturally go and mingle with them, I want to say on the same level, but that sounds a bit weird. You know, if, it, if there wasn't <laughs> purpose to me being there, I'd quite happily sit back and, you know, be the quiet one. But if you said, Tony, go in that room and like make sure all these people know each other, I'd be like, "Yeah." No problem. I'm on it.
0: Well, we've done. we made you do that at the gathering, and yeah. you are you are very excellent at it. All right. Last question before we go. Then, so it's, it's obviously it's obviously the year of the the year of Corona. I've asked a couple of people this. What would you have done if three years ago somebody from the future had come back and told you that this was going to happen? Like, would you have changed anything in the last few years to be ready for it?
1: To be honest, I don't, I don't, a bit boring. I know you probably just like cut it out because it's a rubbish answer. I really don't think like I would change anything because I like a challenge. And (laughs) it is is a flipping challenge, isn't it? Like if I feel like if you still have a business after the year of 2020, then you have nailed 2020 because I've shot like two weddings. Like what the hell? How am I even still like living in my house?
0: (laughs) So true, isn't it? it's going to be it's going to be a thing have you seen the big Lebowski the film no oh well there's a character in there who's like every, everything anybody ever says he's like when I was in Vietnam I feel like anyone who's lived through 2020 every story in the future like whenever my kids bring up a story or whenever like somebody brings up something that's like dead trivial we'll all be like well if you live through 2020
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like it is going to be like that now
0: no, I think it is I think it is living
1: through history to be fair I will yeah. no, go on another tangent that's just ridiculous
0: Go on. What, what was your tangent?
1: Well, when we when all this coronavirus stuff started, my mum was like, "Yeah." And uh, when like, when I was little, we had all the power cuts, and so we had to live with no power. <laughs> I don't know what year that was, but I feel like this might be a bit bit more of a worldwide pandemic than some power cuts in the uh, in Lancashire. <laughs>
0: it's not. It's not been fun, has it? Tony Darcy, thanks for being on the Nine Dots Dotcast.
1: Thank you. For I, having I hope you've enjoyed me. it. It's been all right, you know. Oh, thanks. my own, we didn't talk about my own podcast. My own uh, podcast is better.
0: Oh, tell us very quickly. So, what's the, what's the podcast called?
1: No, because you probably. We'll just like cut it all out anyway. I've well. already said
0: bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs> Such fun chatting to Tony, and thanks again to her for this episode. You can find Tony's wedding work at tonydarcy.co.uk and on Instagram and all the other usual places. All right, hit it. You can also have a listen to Tony's podcast, the Tony Time Podcast, on your favourite podcast platform, Pop pickers In her podcast, Tony chats to brides and grooms about the wedding planning process. A very cool marketing idea. <laughs> You can listen to previous episodes of the Dotcast anywhere you normally listen to podcasts. And we'd love you to check out more of what we do over at nine-dots.com. Dankeschön.